It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into this edition of the Skinny Podcast, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. It's the Reds edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor, with Jed Demusi, Local12 sports reporter, producer, and anchor, and Gary Miller, Mr. Baseball himself, our anchor here inside the last year at, at Local12. Gary, first and foremost, welcome, and I know baseball season's kind of your bailiwick, correct? It is, yeah. It's been, uh, you know, so many years covering it, but, uh, you know, there was op- my first opening day at Cincinnati, which was not really opening day. It was all ruined by rain. Of course. The parade didn't really have when it was supposed to, but this is... My first skinny podcast. How about that? That's big time, Gary Miller. Big time. This will go down in the annals for your your lengthy and illustrious career that that you're here on the the podcast. All right, as we do this, we're doing this on on a Thursday before the Reds get set to to play the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Team's off to a one-and-three start. Um, Guys, you can jump in whenever you want, but I think some positives out of those first four games, even though they are one-and-three, is you got – a good start from Homer Bailey. You got a, a great start from Tyler Molly, and and, and a, a pretty good start from Sal Romano. Luis Castillo was probably two pitches away. Gave up a three-run homer to Matt Adams and another homer, and I love his stuff. I think that's the positive sign. His first time through, not the entire rotation, but four-fifths of it, you got some positive signs. I'm anxious to see Homer's follow-up. Me too, big I know time. the weather's going to be rotten in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but that should help the pitcher. The hitters hate to hit in this stuff, but I – you know, can Homer build on that? Uh, I didn't expect him to pitch as well as he did in that opening game. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected that. I certainly didn't, and I don't think there was really a precedent for it, as we talked about it before. His spring training was abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think Castillo, uh, I think what he did may turn out to be beneficial in the long run because as good as, as he has the potential to be, I think he learned the lesson that you're not just going to get by on your stuff. Right. You just can't mm-hmm. roll up to the mound, get by on your stuff, as good as it is, as electric as it is, as good as everyone says it is. You've got to be able to locate, and you've got to be able to find, pick your spots and not take so many chances. Um, a guy who located really well, I think, was Tyler Malley. I mean, he yeah. was phenomenal. I mean, he, he pitched really well, and as, as we sit and do this podcast, he's the reason why the Reds have one win. Exactly. He, right. he got that win. So um, a lot to take away from, from the pitching rotation in the first go-around. The other added benefit is they ended up getting that day on the back end where they now can wait – um, to have a fifth starter because right didn't oh, have to throw Cody right. Reed in there. Because well, and, and unfortunately, he is kind of the loser out of all this because it was at least going to give him right. the opportunity to show whether he was going to be a longer term candidate to maybe fill that fifth spot in the rotation. Yeah, I think the what the Reds were planning on is waiting until Finnegan came back and right. had a good rehab start. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whether or not that or what this does for Cody Reed, this allows the Reds to get back to their original plan which was go twice through the rotation before you need a fifth guy. So yeah, regardless you know, of Reed. Cody yeah. Reed was the guy who was under strong consideration in spring training and missed the opportunity. Right. He just didn't pitch well enough. I think he's got great stuff. And back to Castillo for a minute, I think the thing that's encouraging, another guy who you're really looking forward to his next start is we've seen guys you know, like Ty Block of the Giants sure. throws a gem yep. at the Dodgers and then gets his head beat in his next start. Then we see Carlos Martinez almost throw a complete game shutout last night for the Cardinals after a pretty poor opening start. Felix Hernandez has been around forever. Got, got blasted. Right, after his first start was really strong, and you thought, well, maybe he's still got it. So 
that's another reason to look for that second start and then on. Well, and let's face it. I mean, you're not going out there with your best stuff every night. You're not going, unless you're Clayton Kershaw, you're not holding every yeah. team to a run or less <laughs> every night. Um, it is a matter of, of on days you'd maybe, you know, your stuff is good, but it's it, it's still not good enough that Luis Castillo has to take that and learn from that, as you mentioned, and figure out a way to get out. So he still struck out six and five innings, so it shows he still had enough stuff to, to record a strikeout plus per inning, but you've got to figure out a way. And as a young guy like that, because I think Jed, you and I both talked about, it, I I'm, I think the guy is a year removed from maybe being a, a Cy Young level pitcher. Yeah. I know that says a lot. And it's probably way over my skis with that. He's got the stuff, no question. And he showed it last year. Just that first start, he he made a couple bad pitches. And the thing they like about him is as young as he is, and they like it about Molly too. Is they pitch like veterans. Yep. They've been around for five years. They're not easily phased by stuff. As bad as Luis' start was, it didn't really show. In his demeanor and his right. his posture on the mound. When you get back to Homer Bailey and, and Gary, you've seen this. We Jed, you see, when guys go through the Tommy John and or a surgery similar to that, mostly the Tommy John and whatever after effects. It, it, it's you almost have to get back to pitching like he did last year. No matter what the end result was, you just get back to doing it. Get every fifth day. The numbers maybe aren't going to show it, and they didn't for Homer Bailey. Eighteen starts and ERA over six. Look, I don't think the guy's ever going to be a low three R three ERA pitcher. Nothing in his history suggests right. that. But it, it 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 you almost have to wipe that out. Um, I think the the discouraging thing was was he followed it up with such a bad spring, in which he gave up seven homers in fifteen innings. But that could also be he's just working his way back through some things as well. I, I guess the the part is he kind of starts with a fresh slate of all right now. As long as you can just keep taking that ball every fifth day and building upon it. Um, that that's the encouraging thing for me, and 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 you're right. The next couple of starts will be the ones to really monitor and say, was that a fluke, or was that at least the start of something good for him? You know, I don't think people realize how much he pitched last year. Right. You know, it didn't seem like Homer was because he didn't pitch very well. Well, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I went back and looked at each start, and especially his last start, right, uh, of the year. And, you know, there were a couple of real dogs in there, but there were some strong starts in there, and it didn't look like game by game a guy who ended up with an ERA over six and the disastrous final numbers that he had. There was some encouraging signs. And if you add this opening day start to a pretty strong Nationals lineup uh, and then see what he can do against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh off to a really strong start so far, then, you know, I think what they're hoping for him is just quality starts. Yes, absolutely. And, and and build upon those things. Again, he he's at the top of the rotation by default, right? In in theory, what he is is a he's a third starter, fourth starter on maybe second, depending on the team. But he's at the top of the rotation by default. I think for him is just just give me that consistency that, yeah, that has six, not been there. Right. Try not to give up more than you know. Try to give up less than three, Correct. but no more than three. Correct. Um, but he's not going to live up to his contract. It's just no, not no, and, and that was so, unfair from and, the get-go. And, and I think the thing is, is that everyone looks at him and says, "Oh, when is he going to come back? And when is he going to, you know, come close to?" He's not. I think you just have to look at, at what Gary's saying and what you're saying, Skinny. Is that's going to be a bonus? Yes, he's making close to twenty percent of the Reds' payroll. Yes, he he's had some injury issues, but this is a Reds team that has not sort of waited by the window for Homer Bailey to return the guy that they gave that money to. They've made moves other places. They've organized as best they can a rotation that sets it up where if he if he can just be a bonus guy, Correct. if he can have an ERA under four, that's great. If he can get to double-digit wins, this team isn't counting on him to be a 15-game winner. Wins. Yeah, to be a 15-game winner. So if he does... 
then that's then that's a bonus. This and if is you why can I just, was so yeah. upset though that they didn't add like a Lance Lynn or a Cobb or Arietta. I suppose it's probably out of their yeah, out of the range, range. But yes. But look what that does to the rest of your rotation. Yeah. You know, like Homer's that guy now. He's your innings eater. He's your guy that you're going to want to approach 200 innings on the year if he's healthy enough. Uh, but they're not going to be. He's not. He's getting paid like an ace, but he's not an ace. As you mentioned, Skinny, he's he's one in the rotation. That but doesn't make you an ace. No, he's he probably is third or fourth best on the staff yeah. in terms of quality of pitches. Yeah, uh, Rizal Iglesias pitched in relief in, in a couple of games, and, and obviously is is very very good. The use of him last year, I thought, was interesting with the with the occasional multiple innings. I know that's a fine line because we're we're not conditioned for that anymore. You and I grew up in an era where you'd see Mike Marshall come in and throw two hundred innings of relief. You would you would see uh, uh, Raleigh Fingers get two inning saves, Rich Gossage get two and right. three inning saves. You don't see that anymore. But Iglesias, the way they used him last year, maybe got worn down a little. Do you like the idea of him as a closer that has to maybe occasionally get you five outs? Yeah, I'm more comfortable with four, like he did the other right. day. Um, but he, you know, he comes as a starter, so he's got the arm strength. And I just don't know that there's enough. You know, I think it's going to be a necessity. I I, I would agree with I that. I just don't see closed down. You know, you, you're hoping that Hughes comes in and gets you a ground, yep. a double play, and maybe gets you out of a sixth or seventh inning. Hernandez the same way, right? When, when, when he's ready. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be necessity and. Uh, I think he's good enough to do it. You know, they're starting to do it with more guys. Andrew Miller is that kind of guy for the Indians. Right. Uh, Chapman was thrown into that role by Madden in the postseason by the Cubs and almost ruined him, but now it looks like he's available to do that now. So I, I think it's getting back to that now because we don't have the, the setup guys that you need. Could, could Amir Garrett be that guy? Let's say you use Iglesias on a day for four or five outs and suddenly you're looking, at right, who's my back-end guy today? Right. You know, last year the the hope was the day that it was a wasn't Iglesias, it was Michael Lorenzen. The day it wasn't Michael Lorenzen, it was Iglesias. The day it wasn't either one, then you'd have you'd have to go bullpen by committee. Could Amir Garrett be that guy? I think Garrett could be that guy if they want him to be that guy. I think we talked about that. Um, you know, what do you do with Garrett? Do you keep him in AAA? Do you, do you put him in the bullpen? They decided to put him in the bullpen. If you're gonna if you're gonna say he's a bullpen guy, then you might as well figure out the best way to use him. And I think the best way to use him is at the back end because I think he's got the stuff to be a back end guy. I think he's got the stuff to be a starter. Uh, Lorenzen's another guy. When you talk about when he comes back, if he can get healthy, he's another guy that that could that could fill that role. The other part about this Iglesias thing is you've got to determine: do we want to do we want to audition him? For for the mm-hmm. for the deadline, right. if you can if you can show that he's capable of going out and getting six inning or six out saves, then that just makes him all the more appealing to clubs. And the way his contract is structured, they're gonna the Reds are gonna get a chance to demand a lot at the deadline. And everybody's looking for pitching at the deadline. That's how the Indians got Andrew Miller at the time, and they gave up a, a king's ransom for him because he was under contract for. And it essentially will end up being the same length of time. And I'm not saying Iglesias is Andrew Miller, but the Indians had to pony up a ton because he was under team control for two and a half years when they traded him. And that's going to be the same thing if they decide to move Iglesias at the deadline this year. And if you can show that he can come in in the eighth inning and, and get six outs, that's only going to improve his value. But yet at what point, you know, they got so many young guys the thing that's killing me now, and I know we'll probably get to him eventually. We're talking pitching now, but is why you don't spend a little bit of money and keep Zach Cozart, which changes everything. And I know Nick Senzel's coming along or whatever, but if you're not spending money on it, 
Iglesias has proven that he's a top 10, maybe even higher than that, closer in the league. Yeah, as opposed to getting something for him, do right. you try to retain him? Well, and he's he's signed through 2020. Right. I mean, they, they, they have, I'm saying... I know he can get something for him, but, you know, let's keep some good pieces while we have them. I, I am not saying the Reds should, yeah, should I, sell on the season. I'm saying if they come around in July and they're sellers... It, I think it. I mean, none of this happens in a vacuum. I would love for the Reds to 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 be buyers at the deadline, but it or, but or, it may or, not work out that or, way. Or keepers, though. I mean, or keepers. I mean, I think from now until the deadline, this is kind of still an audition period for Tyler Molly, for for right. um, Amir Garrett. Maybe not as much for Castillo because he at least proved himself over a, a, a longer chunk of time. For even still, maybe Sal Romano, though he proved himself a little bit over the last, you know. Eight starts of the season, right. um, he was very, very good. So I think for some of these guys, it is audition time. But if the, if they prove in audition time that they're capable of maybe taking that next step, then maybe you you absolutely think about keeping Iglesias around because you're you're closer to the to the point of you, you've got proven guys, right? And I wasn't saying you've got to pitch no, no, him. I know. You've got no, to I pitch know. him the eighth and ninth so you can get rid of him. I was saying it's <laughs> it's an added benefit if that's what you decide to do. Right. And I hope that the Reds don't because I think this fan base is ready for this team to turn the corner. You know. Uh, what was it? Sunday or Monday was the l- lower than any attended game the previous year. Eighteen thousand. Uh, I think it was. T- th- I'm, I'm S- Sunday was 10. ten. Sunday was ten. Eight, right. Okay. Monday was eighteen. So the game that was ten, that that number. Yes. As inflated as it may have been, and it was. Um, Sunday was, was that Cubs opener. It was eighteen thousand. So, but yeah, the Sunday game, which was the third game of the Easter Sunday, yes. and that may have had something right. to do with it. At but that that was the lowest attended game this year or last year. This is a fan base that is is sick of this nonsense. No doubt. And I, I, it would be great if they turn the corner. Um, but it, regardless of, of whether or not they end up trading Iglesias, I think you, you should well, try to get saying, it done. Well, that's what I'm saying, you got to keep some quality pieces. Right. And I think letting – you know, look what Cozart's doing for the Angels already. He's playing different positions. It's a walk-off homer. Uh, I was in favor of keeping him. I don't know if I was in favor of keeping him, but the money you wound up signing for. No. But if you could have made that – a little lesser um, and made it work. But Cozart I, wasn't taking a discount. Maybe not, but I, I, I don't know that for a fact. I, I don't. I, and, and I don't know how much of a run they made at him either, other than just to say, see ya, go. I mean. Well, I think that they understood that, that they weren't going to sign him to that tender agreement and that, they, that he was probably going to price – he was probably going to get priced out of the range. Now they have this huge void at shortstop, and you may be your best prospect – may be forced to play shortstop, and that's going to diminish Senzel's worth. I just don't know if I, – I mean, what did he sign for, three years? Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. Like but 15 million per – or no. No, what even that 30, 30, 39-ish, 30, yeah. Okay. I just – I don't know – I don't know if, if – here's what I'll say. Well, how many I, all-stars do you have in the lineup? I, can, Joey. I, I understand that. And for a young pitching staff that – Right, that needs like, every extra like, out it can get. Feels like we're ganging up on you. The, the, no, yeah, no, the, no, the, it's fine. And, and you saw it on opening day, and I know this is way in a vacuum because it was one play of one game, but the, the ground ball up the middle where Peraza was playing in the first inning, he can't glove. It goes, it scored as a base hit, and rightfully so, but I think Zach Cozart makes that play 97 right. times out of 100. Yeah, we're not even, yeah, that's right. We had talked about that. Uh, and it leads to it leads to a run, and guess what? The I'm score not even was. thinking about that, but yeah, Cozart's yeah. an absolute double plus defender. Yes, which you really need, especially with his pitching staff. And then you add Hughes, who's a ground ball pitcher. You know, so you get that set up. You got Suarez, who's who's an above average defender yep. at third. Scooter's not great at second, but he's got a great bat all of a sudden. Right. 
but, but you know, per- some, add somebody to Joey, who's going into his thirty-five-year-old season. Right. No, I, I would have, I would have, I would have lobbied to keep Zach Gozer. I, I get the point. Let's talk about the four-man outfield for a minute. Um, it, it's kind of taken care of itself here in the first few games because Scott Shebler's been a little bit nicked up. But let's just say we go three weeks with nobody being hurt. Do, do you really keep mixing and matching? I mean, I guess you could argue you play the hot hand, but it. it I mean, I, I know I'm beating the dead horse, and, and you're going to shake your head at me because I've beat it for a long time. I, how you run Billy Hamilton out no. there on a regular basis is beyond me. Automatic out. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see how you could do now, that. No, I say that, and Scott Shebler allowed a ball on Saturday that Billy Hamilton would have caught to well, go for a ground rule double. Right? You don't I have mean, a I get that. center fielder. Right. Billy's not in there. You know, it, at, at some point we have to ask ourselves, who is responsible for Billy Hamilton still being in the mix? Is it Billy Hamilton? Is it Brian Price? Or are, is it these other guys who can't keep, who can't officially say, you know what, we're moving on from you being in this four. Somebody's got to step up. And and you talk about not re-signing Kozart. At some point, you've got to count on some people to step up. And if Billy is still in this mix, that's because Winker hasn't stepped up. That's because Shebler hasn't stepped up. That's or, or because have you Duvall not just bit up. the bullet and said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna run those guys out there for three weeks, and I don't care if it's a lefty. I don't care if it's the greatest left-hander ever. I don't care if it's the best right-hander ever. I'm gonna leave Adam Duvall out there. I'm gonna let that. that that's my outfield. There's my outfield. I right wonder there. what the you know. I never heard. I don't know if you guys got more background or not, but. You know, Billy was on the trade market all winter. It looked like the Giants definitely right. needed a center fielder. There were other teams that could have used a guy that, that had enough other offense that could have benefited from having Billy Hamilton. I, did they turn down an offer? Was it not enough? I mean, it's – and I think what I've seen so far and what I believe from just watching, and it kind of looks like they think the same thing, that Winker's won the job because he's the only guy that can lead off. Yes. And then they got to figure out what to do about center fielder when Billy doesn't play. Yeah, and, and I, I, t- I told you, I, I just don't see why it's harmful to make him the fourth outfielder who might play every day as a sixth-inning sub. I mean, he can do a lot of things with him. You can pinch running for a lot of different guys. Um, you can double switch if it became you're running for Votto and you move Duvall into first. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do there. He gives you flexibility. He gives you value. His value is as a defender and as a, as a base dealer. It's of nothing else, and that's where that's right. I, I just don't know what else you— Because he can't pinch it. Right. Now, I, I don't mind if he if he is in the lineup. You want to bat him ninth. I thought that was at least a little out-of-the-box creativity right there. But then, lo and behold, the next game he plays, he's up at the leadoff spot. I just—for the life of me, it just makes me shake my head and go, do you not see it? Does anyone not see it? Hopefully, there's, there's more separation that's put between Billy and the other three guys between now and— Whenever, so that right. you can uh, maintain your sanity. And, and, I know you <laughs> ma- and I know you made the point in the last podcast, too, is you're also, if you are looking to shop Billy at the trade deadline, it's not like he can have 83 at-bats, right? You want to at least show that he's got something. Yeah, I don't know if that's as, I mean, it's, it's, it's another one of those tangential things when we talk about Iglesias and, and Hamilton potentially on different ends of the spectrum to, to make their audition worth it for other teams that may be interested. But I think, as you mentioned, we're not talking about three outfielders here that are, that are getting high marks, and it's a very small sample size, but we're not even through a week's worth of games yet. But it's not like we're looking at all three of these guys and saying, oh, well, they are definitely right. way above and beyond in terms of what Shebler has done. Adam Duvall has come up in some big spots, some big at-bats in this short season and has, has come up short. Did, so, did he have an RBI ground out even though? Even though he leads the team in RBIs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but you are right, though. He has. There's no doubt he has. Yeah, and leading the team in RBIs is one With thing. five. But, <laughs> right. But even, even so, 
you know, it goes it goes a little bit beyond that. It, 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 ha it has to do with what you're doing in critical situations. It has to do with, you know, how often you're getting on base. I mean, if you're grounding out and knocking in the only run that, that beats the Cubs, okay, great. But I think that there's enough with what these other guys are doing. They need to separate themselves. They need to go run away and hide so that it makes it easier for Brian Price to go up to Billy Hamilton and say, hey, I'm – and he can do it now. I think you're right. He but I think it would be beneficial if these guys got out and, and ran and said, hey, Billy, here's the deal. Well, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I think the only way you do that is give guys three weeks, two weeks, whatever period right. of time, as opposed to two days right. in, yeah. one day out, a day right. in, two days out. I, I did, to me, settle on what your, what your guys are. Look, again, I, I don't mind if there's a tough lefty and you just you look at Scott Shelburne and you go, you're not going to hit him tonight with a boat or I'll play Billy. I'll give you that. But for the most part, I, I think you look and go, you're my guys. I'm going to ride you out. And if it's a month's worth of numbers that you finally say, I've got to make a change, that's fine. I mean, that, I think that's, that's what this year's all about. Too is if you want to showcase him and get him at bats, he's going to get more right. bats to prove that he un can't hit. Un unfortunately, he's, he's got a lot of plate appearances <laughs> at bats This way, to prove at least it. there's still it's a minor mystery as to whether he could get a 300 on base percentage yeah, no someday. Question. No question. Um, before the year started, I, I, I predicted, I did it probably uh, a little tongue-in-cheek, but I'll stand by it. I, I thought this team would finish 82-80. and 80. I, I did. I liked a lot Whoa. of things. Yeah, I like the offense a lot. I know you look in the first four games and go, what offense? Um, you're not facing Max Scherzer, Gio Gonzalez, and Steven Strasburg a whole lot, and you face them three in a row. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to waver off that. Gary, from what you saw in Arizona, from maybe what you've picked up since you've been in town, to what you thought this team would do and what you saw the first four games. Is it about what you thought, worse than you thought, or you say, all right, I, I know some of those guys who didn't hit the first four games are going to hit. Um, you know, there's still obviously you can't make complete judgments on, on first starts, although, again, they were encouraging things. Anything you saw in Arizona and, and what you saw the first four games that, that make you waver one way or the other? I think, you know, the, it's, it kind of evens out. There's, there's pros and there's cons. Right. I think Molly was very encouraging, and I don't think that's an aberration. I think this guy has high-octane stuff and, and is, is like a two- or three-starter for years to come. Uh, Castile, let's wait and see. You know, yeah. Everyone talks about how just electric his stuff is. Is he ready to step up and take over? The, you know, he's a little young to be the ace of your rotation. Homer looked better. You know, it all comes down to pitching. But when you start a season and Finnegan and Scalfani are already hurt again, sure. you know, that's a bad sign. Now Lorenzen, who's the epitome of physical fitness, is out. Uh, so those are discouraging signs. I've been discouraged before we even went to spring training that didn't sign somebody to add, you know, some pitching depth to this team because that's been the, the and, negative. And, and I think the one part of that is is not just the it's, – it's the guy that you – Look, maybe he's a three eighty four ERA guy, but a guy that you know every fifth day is going to give you his best, whatever right. that may be, right? As opposed yeah, to going, even if it's you know, I mean, the Twins aren't loaded with money. Right. They signed Lance Lynn for a year. Right. Obviously, he waited long enough when these guys went to this, you know, secret spring training <laughs> that they, I know none of them showed up for it. But you know, these guys that were still out there, and still, there was a lot there of them. still a few yeah. of them that are still waiting for a Brandon, contract. Brandon Phillips still out there. Yeah. yeah, just kidding. Yeah, uh, no, 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 thank you. Just Add kidding. to your clubhouse value. Uh, but the Peraza thing to me is really troubling. Uh, I don't think he's ready to be your everyday shortstop. And Both defensively and at the plate or still too early to I, say past judgment at the plate? I think they're kind of feeding into each other, and he looks a little lost up there. Um, I just you – know, we talk about I, the outfielders. The problem is 
as bad we always talk about Billy can't get on. If he could get on, he'd be, you know, an all star player with his defense and his speed. That's the problem with Duvall and Shebler, too. I mean, Duvall could hit loud. Shebler had 30 home runs last year, but you're talking about 230 hitters with are lucky to get. Which is why the door is still open for Hamilton. Yeah, but they're almost, they're almost both close to 800 OPS guys, where Billy's barely a 600 OPS guy. I mean, no, I'm not comparing, but I'm yeah. just saying they have the same issue. Yeah, no, no. You're yeah. not getting enough guys on base. And that's where Winker fits the fits the Right, that's why I like Winker. Yeah, and that's what you're hoping. On, and I think Winker's got more power than he's shown in the minors. I think what he came up and showed last he year. He hit seven home runs last year. Uh, that he's he can be a guy with pop. Not going to show a lot of if he has to lead off. Right. So I, I'm kind of mixed. I'm looking more at I would be pleasantly surprised if they win 75 games. Jed, when, when I, I mean, I just want to say if if the if the Reds only looked at OPS right now, I mean Billy Hamilton would be on the Nippon Ham Fighters. <laughs> I mean, there, I'm just saying there's a reason why they still think that he's in this he's in this mix because that those advanced yeah, the, the advanced necessity they don't yeah, have an the alternative. Ad, the advanced numbers do not. No. Do not say that Billy Hamlet. There's, there's no question and about it. And have for years. And right. they haven't. Yeah. Over a so. long, over a long period of time. Let's go to worst case scenario with Peraza. Let's just say over the next month he just shows he is not good defensively. He can't even make routine plays, and his hitting continues to to go in the tank. Where do you go? I mean, do you start telling Nick Senzel get, get some innings at shortstop? Do you tell the people in Louisville there because they've moved him to second base? Right. And you, I told you I didn't think he'd be up till September, and I'm right. going to stand by that, barring injury to Jeanette or, or Suarez. But you're a month in. Let's just say everything else is going pretty well. Let's just say the outfield's kind of shaking itself down. Those guys are doing okay, and Suarez is Suarez, and Jeanette didn't have a drop-off, and Joey's Joey, and the young pitchers <laughs> we're talking about are, are doing pretty well. Charlie Cole's over here. Yeah, I know. But let's just assume all those, thing, all those things are going right, and the shortstop is the one spot that isn't. What do you do? And we're talking about Peraza not holding – up the defensive end of the bargain either? Yeah, both. Let's just I, say he's I, struggling defensively and the offense is continuing to just I mean, go south. I don't think that the answer to that question has made itself apparent at this point. At the plate it's getting there. No, no, no. Uh, I'm yeah, saying the solution. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought yeah. you meant just No, no, no. The him, solution yeah. for Peraza, I don't think, has... It's has, not Cliff Pennington every day. I mean, no, no. Or right, yeah. okay. So it's not Pennington. It's not Goslin. I don't think anybody really would, would say that. With either one of those guys, I don't think that... Although, in the short term, the way we're talking now, if this keeps up, as bad as that is, that might be a better option. In the short term, for a very short... Yeah, but, but yeah no, not, I'm not talking... Not, not for 120-plus games. For these games yeah. that they're playing... Right, yeah. That, absolutely. It's already happened once. Right. Um, you know, outside of... I, I don't know if you if if you want to go down the Senzel route, and we, we talked about it on the last podcast, the... the uh, what was it? Ch- Zips that I pulled up yes. said uh, Senzel was going to play in over 100 games of advanced projection. They they projected him to be up and, and playing, and he's rocketed through every every class he's been in. He and if if he if he plays the way at AAA that he's played at every level so far through 60 70 games, I think he shows you enough that if this continues to be an issue for Peraza, that he needs a crack. Outside of that, I, I mean, you tell me. Yeah, 
that, that's the only part. He did play some short. He played actually a significant amount of shortstop in spring, at least working right. at, at the position. Gary and had Barry Larkin with him. Yeah, and and, and I think I think to their credit, they're looking and saying by extending Suarez. All right, while third base is your position, right. We're going to look at you as maybe somewhere else defensively, and and I I think that's a great idea, especially at this time. I don't think you do it in the big leagues and go, hey, try to play shortstop, fellow. Good luck to you. I think you try to work but him it's into it. They're but, playing him at second, right? So does that mean that they're looking at trade deadline at, at Scooter? Well, Scooter's in a one year one year deal, and um, yeah, maybe or, or maybe just looking long term after the years. Shortstop's the the issue, we, and we got to find out can Senzel play it every day. I think their answer at shortstop is Peraza, and I think they're kind of. Okay. I mean, I think they're pressing the panic button or getting close to it, or they at least have the the glass lid off the panic button and already to push but it's 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 early it's early it's and early he's still but if very these young. numbers right and if these numbers continue then then we can talk about this but i think they went into this i think they went into this season saying we we we're pretty sure that that we've got they our did, everyday but was shortstop that an astute like you know no what did it was last year that made you think okay we'll just give the shortstop job to no i i there i don't disagree with that at all um, I think one of the things why they're why they're working Senzel at second is because of of Scooter Jeanette. They don't look at him long term. Uh, Dilson Herrera, who they got for Jay Bruce, I mean, I think he's starting in what Daytona or Dayton. I mean, he's yeah, he's got he's had so many injury issues. He's got that injury issue. Yeah, he hasn't turned out. Uh, no. he hasn't panned out the way that uh, that they thought he would. So I, I don't know. I don't know who else. I mean, Blandino had a good spring. He did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's he's got to prove it. I mean, he's one of those guys who sort of, uh, you know, what, he was drafted in 2014. You know, he hasn't been up yet. I mean, is, is he the type of guy who – once it clicks, it clicks, and he can make an impact on yeah, the I mean, team. Yeah, maybe he, Who knows? maybe by May he's he's proven himself in Louisville, and Peraz is not. Maybe he's the guy to call. Yeah, I think they're hoping for for something to sort of rise from the ashes because, mm-hmm. and and you're right. I mean, I I don't necessarily know. I, I I will stand firm and say that 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 money that they gave to Cozart would have been better used somewhere else. And maybe that's with Lance Lynn or Cobb. Right. Or but it was used. But it was used nowhere. Right. But it was right. used. But it was used nowhere. And I, I don't think you pay Zach Cozart three years, thirty-eight million dollars. I, I probably don't. I would agree. I was. I was. When I was talking to people, I was thinking along the lines of two years if you could pull that off. Right. Um, and, I, and I and I get why he went after what he went. I know after. he you know wound up with a free donkey out of the whole thing with the Reds. <laughs> but outside of that, I don't know if that was the they, perk. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that was enough that he would have said, "Oh, you know what? I'm not going to go play with Mike right. Trout. Yeah, I I'm going to stay yeah. here." You know what I mean? So, but I think that money, as you mentioned, could have been used with a pitcher. Could have been used with with somebody anywhere. else. Could have been used anywhere. Now, hey, but hey, we got David Hernandez and Jared Hughes. Well, and you know who knows if they <laughs> and Phil Goslin and Cliff Pennington. right? So and you know Giovanni Gallardo. So exactly, um, forgot about him. Yeah, tough, tough to tough to justify not spending something, some of that money. But I think they thought they were in a good spot, and they could very well be. It's still very early. Yeah. All right. Lastly, and I, I just got done writing a column on local12.com. Um, Weather's kind of been a story across baseball at the start of the year. They, the the start of the season was moved up. Uh, oh boy, uh, by a bit. I know where you're going here. The, the start Be of the season was up by a bit, um, and because of that, um, they're the, obviously they collectively bargained in 2016 when they signed it some extra days off. I don't begrudge the players that, and because of that, you either have to do one of two things: you have to go into October with your regular season, or start your regular season in March to end it by the end of September. They've chosen that this year, and probably will choose that in in the years to come. Um, 
and yet we've had two rainouts here. We had three cold outs, snow outs in Detroit. We had some snow outs in, in New York. It, it does open the door that if you're going to do this, again, I have no problem with it. I don't. If you're going to do this, though, would you not be best served starting in western, southern, domed cities? And there are seven in the National League, and there are seven in the American League, which leaves one team, either Cincinnati, St. Louis, Kansas City, even Colorado, as maybe a northern team that would open yeah. at home. Well, here's what's insane, Skinny, is Giants and Dodgers opening against each other. Right. I mean, and, and it's been happening for years. I mean, that's ridiculous. I know you don't want to start an eastern team or even maybe in a midwestern team on a west coast road trip. I don't. But you get it out of the way. At least, and you're, and you're not, out. The, most of those teams are out there anyway. And you're not worrying about weather, right? And, and, I mean, some of these weather games are just brutal. It's not baseball. And, and again, we're in probably a, an abnormal weather pattern, but right. But it's going to stick around for a well, while. Well, but based on on Cincinnati and Detroit and Chicago and New York and Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, at this time of year, late March into April, there's probably a pretty good chance it is going to be cool to cold. Well, were you yeah. were you guessing that he was going to go? Should we give up opening day? Well, in Cincinnati? I'm, I'm, well, I'm about to I'm, I'm about to go there. Because, <laughs> I mean that that is be, where he went because really? because that that's that was at the end of the column was was maybe we are at the time. I mean, let's face it, the Reds got rained out twice. If they'd have had opening day on Monday, which is when it normally would have been, they would have played Monday. It rained Tuesday. That would have been the normal off day. You could have played like you'd have had no rainouts at this point. Now I know that's that's again it's that you can't predict the weather and all those things. But is it time to scrap the idea that the Reds have to play at home for their first game of the year? I mean, baseball years ago took Seems away. Seems like they've already done it. Really, really they did because they took Major away the first has. game. It used to be the first right, game. First now that's pitch. gone. Um, you know, if you do this moving forward, I don't think you'd have any less enthusiasm for whatever the home opener in Cincinnati would be, even if it's ten days mm-hmm. after the season open. You'd have God better speed. weather, probably. You'd have you'd have, you can sync up the 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 parade. I mean, we, we may run into this parade issue again moving forward. Right. And obviously. People didn't go to the parade on Monday, not in the droves that they have. They, they went, right. but not like they've gone. They didn't go to the game. Can you imagine, If it hadn't been the Cubs, what would that crowd have been on Monday? Ten? Yeah. It was 18 with Cubs fans filling up a good chunk of that. Right. Look, I'm not here to... to, to I know to, it's heresy, but like we said, when they brought in the Sunday Night Baseball package, correct. that eliminated it. Then it used to be, well, at least they would start an hour before everyone else on the day game. That's, that's gone, gone now. All that's on gone. Thursday. The, you know, the only thing that's they left had is... opening series in Japan, too. Right. A couple years yeah. ago. That's right. Yeah. The only thing that's left is that the Reds are still guaranteed to open at home. But it, it, I, I just, I think for fans, I still think you would have, if, if it's the home opener on a Monday in on April the 10th or 11th, when the chances are the weather will be better. There's no guarantee it's going to be great. But the weather will be better, and everybody knows that's the day of the parade. Well, that's that's the, the day I doing. need to take off. Right. That's going to be the day, as opposed to, well, we're going to have it on Thursday, but we can't have the parade because of, of Holy Thursday through Good Friday through right. Easter weekend. So we'll do it again on Monday. People don't want that. I, I, just let's, I go, think, let's go back I think to syncing this up. If there were three guys sitting in a room in every Major League Baseball city having this conversation, it, we would have moved on by now. I think it's because we're in Cincinnati that this conversation has continued the way it has because this is the one city where if they take away the Reds opening at home on opening day, people will freak out. I don't think they will. I, Jen, I don't. I just don't. I think this town loves the, the party atmosphere of opening day. Look, all I'm telling you to do is we're going to have it a, two weeks later. Season's going to open, but you can still have – that's your day you're going to take off. The weather's going to probably be better. We're going to have the parade on that day. All the things that have always made opening day great, they're still there. It's the home opener. You still, every ballpark in America, 
uh, when the Cubs finally do open at home, they're going to announce the guys and line them up on each baseline. They're going to have pomp be, and circumstance. But the other probably point, better. The other point is, is that that opening day parade, those opening day parade numbers are down. The weather wasn't great, but it was down because it wasn't opening day. Right. No, they, the whole thing was screwed up this year. I mean, it was right. just so if you if you but now I'm all in the game but, but a day your, ahead of time. Right. And, right. But for your home opener, when you know it's your home opener. I think you're going to run That's kind of still your opening day, though. But I think you're going to run into that same issue with with parade attendance, with not game attendance. I think people will still show up on opening day. But I think there is – I think the difference – I don't think there's any other city that keeps opening day in their heart the way the Reds do. And I think the fans – now, the other part is is that people love love to get upset. They don't (laughs) – when things things stay the same – and they don't show up, they don't care. But if things change, that's when people will start to care, and that's when people will say, well, you know, I hope 10,000 fans show up on Easter Sunday then. Well, that's what, that's what, that's that's what, what happened. happened this year. So I think people will have this false outrage if it happens, but I think there will be I think there will they'll be still, some outrage. I think they'll still sell it out. I, 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 I They'll I, sell out the it game. It won't be next year because yes. of the 150. Yes, and, correct, correct. They'll but sell out the game. I think they'll still sell. I think it'll but still be. But after that, I think they should. I think this year kind of sealed it. Yes. I, 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 and I think if I'm, if I'm baseball, I'm looking and saying, we're going to open this stuff in, in better weather cities. Look, you ask these guys that I, the guys collectively bargain. I think the, the players ex- would completely be for it. Yes, because you, you collectively bargain the days off. Guess what? Now, all these postponements mean you're either going to double up on a day and play a doubleheader or a split right, doubleheader. Right, you lose the benefit of the day off, days right. off. You're going to play the day off. Because you lost them now, and plus now it's a four-game series with the Cubs in May. Yes. With those, you know, the day – I can't believe the players have agreed to these day-night things, but it's a gate. Right. But I, I, yeah, I just think the logistics of it make it much better to do not, that. I don't disagree. I, I, don't, I, I think you're going to get pushed back for it. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can talk to the MLS and get opening day of the of the soccer season for FC Cincinnati if we trade the, the baseball season. That would be a nice trade-off for the city. I'll let you work but on where, that. But where, Jed? Yeah. Where, where will they play it, and wait a minute. And wait a minute. It, it may not even be in the city. What if it's in Newport? Yeah. Huh? I think it's close enough at this point. All right. Yeah. All right. Longer parade. Right. Any final takes, boys? No, I I think I, I do want to underscore everything we said. It's it sounds like we're talking in July almost with sort of the I, I think that these this week, this first road trip is an opportunity. You know, I yeah. know the Pirates have played well to go on, but they're you know, they're not great. They no, should be correct. able to compete with the Pirates and Phillies. This could be something that could, you know, show in or out. Right. Does a fan. team measure up or not? Right. Yeah. They have a good chance to, to split this road trip, at least split the series in Pittsburgh and hopefully win two of those. Especially when Gabe Kapler may have a position player pitching in the yeah, fifth, yeah, it's fifth inning for no reason. The only bad part is those games will take forever. Forever. <laughs> He's had a rough go of it the yeah. first few days. Rightfully yeah. so. Give, give me the right hander. Wait a minute. Give me the left hand. Wait, there's nobody there's nobody there's nobody out there's nobody out there? Oh, you got to call to get him but, up. But he How was play- higher even. <laughs> but he was playing the long game because uh, Brian Schnicker, the Braves manager, ended up getting tossed out. Right. When the umpire said, "In the it, for the sake of this guy's arm, whoever the we're going to let him warm in. up." Yeah, and so the manager got tossed. So Kapler's playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. Though. So you think? So you think? <laughs> All right, boys. I appreciate the time. We'll do this again for Gary Miller and for Jed Demusi. I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Reds Edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.